welcome to In the Village, a Prisoner intro cast. Today we'll be doing episode 3, Free Fool. But first, I am Shane, and join as always is my good friend Bob. Hello again. Uh, Aaron. Salutations. Rejoining us is John. Hello. And our guest this week is the wonderful Nutty. Hello everyone. And welcome. Before, yeah, welcome. Thank you. And before we get started... Uh, Nutty, can you tell us where, you, where we can hear you on the internet? Yes, uh, you can find hear me on the Nutty Bites podcast, which is my geek-centered podcast, where we debate uh, geeky topics and highlight things that are awesome. And you can also listen to me on Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast that is active during um, when Game of Thrones is airing. And you can find me on Epic Another geek-centered podcast, and Run for Your Life, a psychobilly music podcast, and guesting all over the place. And you can find links to all of this by going to nimlas.org, and you can find every link you possibly need to stalk me. Great, brother. Yeah. Well, to start as we always do with the TV world synopsis for this episode: Is it a genuine democratic election or just another trick? The prisoner views it, all, views it all with satirical amusement when the election for a new number two is announced and the present number two suggests he should stand as a candidate. What do they plan to do if the prisoner is elected? So we start, uh, as always, with the intro sequence. And we have a, we have a new... Um, so are you going to say something, Bob? I didn't say anything, but I, all, all I would say is I'm sure they must have been shocked that there's a new number two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> but if you uh, if you notice, uh, the voiceover isn't uh, the actual uh, Portman doing the voiceover for the opening sequence. It's actually somebody else. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. <laughs> okay. Uh, the no, they uh, made this, made this, They wanted every, they wanted the number two to do a to do a, a voiceover, but for production issues they couldn't. So uh, they got an actor by the name of Robert Vitti. I'm I'm hoping to pronounce that. I'm hoping I can pronounce that right. I'm sure we'll get emails if I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to 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 fit in. So we open and. Number two is getting a phone call. No, number six is getting a phone call from number two. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and number two um, comes over, and he's trying to convince number six to run for election. And they sit down to have some breakfast. And we are also introduced to uh, to a lovely young lady by the name... It was 58, wasn't it? Yes, it certainly was. Yes, it certainly was. Yeah, it's 58. Yeah, and she doesn't speak English. No, she doesn't. She doesn't or speak does any language. Up. It's gibberish. <laughs> I thought it might have been something, and then I was like, "No, this is gibberish. This, this is gibberish." And then they go to the window, and the the announcement of the election is called. Yes, vote number two. Everybody's happy. Every yeah, everybody's happy. But this isn't the system. Clearly, they're they're okay with with what we have. This isn't right for the community. <laughs> and then they well, n- 
number six travelled with number two down to what is called in the prison, uh, to, in the Pormarion, as a Gloriette, which is that big arch type thing with, with the balcony. Yeah. Is that what we're calling word. it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's well, spelt G L O R I E T T E. So, and and there's um, there's a bit of a sort. What do you think of the um, the butler? Oh, the, that small little man. I don't think we've actually given him. A, we actually, we, I don't think we've actually given him a name so far. But he's he, he's called the butler. This oh, I just called him dwarf. Umbrella Guy. Yeah, the dwarfer. <laughs> dwarf, holding up the placards. Oh, that was funny. I didn't have much to think about him, but I just I loved all the placards and then the the the. I don't know what you call it, but they, I guess they'd be called idiot cards when yeah. later on when they're telling <laughs> yeah. them to cheer. And the, the key yeah. cards. Yeah. Ra, ra, Speak, rah. speak now. Yes. And I love that they go from complete silence to, you know, chanting or rejoicing or whatever. Yeah. They're on cue. Um, apparently, I just noticed, uh, apparently the butler was an Oompa Loompa in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And he uh, was a recurring character in Doctor Who in 1965. Uh, Chumbly? I'm not familiar with that. Uh, is that is that? It says Chumbly operator. What's a Chumbly? Is this a Britishism? Oh, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the early Doctor Who's. I don't know. So I, that's his uh, name. I, I, I honestly have to be honest with you. I don't know the early Doctor Who's as much as I should. Well, even though I am British. So, sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a type of robot, not a Oh, uh, uh, okay. okay, cool. I guess because he was very small, he could fit into it. Ah, okay, cool, cool. Um, we cut and uh, number two announces number six is candidate shift for number two, and that gets very very confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it really goes. Wait, hold on. He's number. He's running for the spot of number two, but his assigned number is ah uh, my brain. And just they broke hold this election it. every twelve months, but number two keeps changing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how they never actually address it after the first episode. They never say where's the last number two. Like it's just oh, okay, it's a new one. Is he promoted yeah. to something else, or does he? Because uh, the, the the previous number two always seems to go somewhere else. Yeah, they, they at, the, at, at the at the end of the episode, it's like, were you promoted somewhere else? That this co- that, that whoever runs this runs it, or you just are you finally just going going away for a while? It, do they do they leave when their when their whole gambit has been played and it's found to be unsuccessful? So they'll keep the number two if they eventually crack him. Um, are they going to other villages? Because I kind of have a feeling like I wouldn't be surprised if there's more villages throughout the world. Ah. It's like Hellmouths. Yeah, there's another one in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I did like that we got to see this one leave because at least you see that they're not killing them when they fail. Right, yes. that's true. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing I liked was that when they announced that number six was running for number two, immediately there was a sign with number six's picture on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it was, I was like, thing did you have chance. these pre-made? <laughs> well, it was obviously, obvious. Um, yeah. Obviously planned. Well, they were yeah, definitely they, pushing him to to run. Yeah, they uh, they kind of badgered him until he you know accept, kind of you know accepted to run as a lark. Yeah, the person, so the butler holding up the idiot boards. 
was actually a very, very late addition to the script. Yeah. Uh, so, number so uh, number six uh, just gets attacked. Well, by <laughs> yes, the crowd immediately mobs him. Yeah, indeed. And then we cut to what I think probably is either later in the day or the next morning. I'm not entirely sure. With number four, with the. Uh, Number 58, just hanging around outside. Well, she's his driver. Yes. I guess. With number uh, six being quite annoyed that he, she is staying around outside. He's very quick to anger. Yes. <laughs> like, he get, he yells and gets violent very easily. Yeah. So, number six tries to, well, I was going to say tries to escape. Oh, and I, I also wanted to mention, I love that the picture that they use for him is his headshot. Yes. Like, yes. it's obvious his acting headshot. There's even one, a copy of it on IMDb. But yes. it's like they didn't take a picture of him in the village. It's, yeah, we're just going to use this actor's headshot. Well, that's also the same picture from the opening when they're crossing out his face. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, it, I'm sure I've mentioned it on the previous show, but if I haven't, then I'll say it here. Uh, that it was actually a publicity photo for his previous series, Danger Man. Danger Man, okay. Danger Man. Or Secret Asian. Yeah, or Secret, Secret Asian Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, is, there any, is there any relation to Danger Mouse? <laughs> mm, maybe he raised Danger Mouse when he was a pet. <laughs> My so, God. I don't remember if you answered this in the previous episode, but... Okay. Did people think that the character in The Prisoner was his character in Secret Agent? Um, some people did, yeah. Okay. Big, I mean, big debate in the family. Yeah, that's still, yeah. that's still the debate 30 years on. Oh, awesome. Um, I was actually looking up uh, Danger Man a little while ago, and they are they, they dress very... He dresses the characters the same way. He walks the same way. So I think it's one of those, if you want him to be the same character, he is the same character. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know it, it, the people that claim that it is the same character. The idea is kind of they couldn't call him that for copyright reasons, right? Yeah, um, basically, um, if it was the same character, that you would have to pay the creator of Danger Man a little bit every time you know every time a prison episode is made. Yeah, you know, so, so. it wasn't a spin-off but or a sequel. But it's like, yeah, you guys, you know, it'd be like um, uh, if if Richard Belzer, when Richard Belzer shows up in another show uh, and people automatically assume he's Detective Munch. <laughs> now, not in the past, obviously. Yeah. He's had a very long career. <laughs> Danger Man is a, is a much more conventional show, though. Mm. It's yeah. really not all that like The Prisoners. <laughs> Whose first episode um, was actually filmed Input Marion. Wow. Uh, I think it. I think the first episode of Danger Man is called View from View from the Villa. I think mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've watched it. But yeah, there's a sequence in Port Marion, doubling as an Italian village. Dun dun dun. Okay. Yeah, well, I've the, seen the the village looks rather Italian. I said that in the first episode. Yeah, I've seen the architecture described as Italianate, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Italian with all the culture removed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we go back to that um, uh, interactive board that we saw at the, on the, in the first episode, and they're just having a trying to work out how to well number fifty trying to work out how to use it. Now we get the reporters. 
<laughs> yes. No comment. Yes. They were wonderful. They certainly were. I, First off, they don't Mile. even deserve a number. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, 113 and 113B or whatever the numbers were. Awesome. Yeah. That was, that was they have so to cool. share a number. They take pictures, but then they use the headshot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think no matter what his answer would be, they would have written down what they had already printed. Well, when he, when he, when he says no comment, they make stuff up. Yeah. But when he actually answers the question, they write no comment. Yeah. 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 Uh, you've been to put Mary on board, but, and I haven't. So you, so you, hopefully you can correct me on this if I'm wrong. But where they actually drove down in this sequence, I believe, is commonly known as the High Street or Port Marion. I don't remember. It's okay. Twenty years ago. Okay, it's where it's basically where all the sh- all the shops in Port Marion are. Yeah. So the new, you know, quote unquote, news agent and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so what what do you think of the um, of the double? Did you, did you notice the double? Oh, between the camera guy. Yeah, the camera. See the see the camera guy running off, and the exactly the same person doing the newspaper. I didn't realize that. Yeah, hmm. I they thought just I looked like a bunch of white guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen already that they reuse actors in different roles a lot. So. Yeah, it's not, it's not the first time we've seen it. We saw it with the gardener in episode one. Yeah, and then we see inside the town hall. Dun dun dun. Uh, for the fir- well, for the first time, and we we see the prisoner. Well, no, sorry, well, number six, I should say, walking down the stairs. And of course, this is it's a redress again of the um, um, number six's office, the control room, etc. Many, many uses for that set. You know, yes. If you, have, if you have a giant round room, you're going to get as much use out of that giant round room as possible. Definitely. And he, and this is the outgoing council. Yeah. Did you notice the numbers on them? Sorry, what was that? The the numbers on all the people in the council. Yeah. It's like two B, two D, yeah, 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 twos. Yeah. Didn't notice that. I noticed um, much much later when he's being attacked by people in um, the jumpsuits that they had black numbers, but I didn't notice the council's numbers. Yeah. Uh, pair of. Uh, some tainted dummies. I could make a cheap political remark here about my local council, but I'm not going to. I was going to say, which one are you? <laughs> He's too deep. <laughs> He's too deep. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd, no. I'd rather be 2B so I can fit in the Shakespeare quote. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <that> makes sense. <sighs> yes. Um, so, they're all they're silent and... Number six makes a makes a uh, goes on a huge rant, and he is attacked by the light. And number two says he should go and should um, do the test. Yes, because if you're ever having a problem, shine a blue light at somebody. Yes. <laughs> Are we supposed to think that that blue light was hurting him? I, I think that was uh, the implication. Yeah. yeah. Or hypnotizing him. Yeah. One of the two. Oh, the seventies when they thought you could hypnotize and hurt people with just random things. Yeah, lights do all the damage. Yeah. He just, I just, I, I got so confused at this scene because it just two just seemed to kind of lose all composure and just started banging the gavel for 
to me what seemed like no reason, but... Well, he's just a dick. Yes. Well, that's been well established at this point. He's not my favorite every two num- so far. Every number two is a dick. Yes. I don't know. I liked I liked the one from the last episode. The, the, the one she from Dance awesome. of the Dead wasn't too bad. Yeah, she wasn't too bad. Still a dick. <laughs> <laughs> not as, mu- things- not as much as, as the scientist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I think it's really interesting to watch is how successful the number twos are at getting number six to play along with what they want him to do. Yeah. yeah. I no. mean, here he starts off the episode not even, you know, wanting to take the phone call. It's, you know, uh, the mountain can come to Muhammad. I love that. And then, and now he's going to this council meeting because they told him he was expected to, and he's running for office when they want him to. So the, whatever their plan is, it's working a bit. Mm. Well, as a uh, colleague of mine and friend always said to me, if you're ever running for office, always go to a council meeting so you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he, he uh, goes for the test, the and test. it's and it's stage one only. If that's stage one, what are the other stages like? Uh, I think it's best if we don't find out. I also wondered again during this scene, like, is he actually reading his mind or is he just predicting like they can predict everything else about him and they're just causing him pain and making him think that they're reading their his mind? Um, I don't know. After, after everything I've seen, I, weird science, it all... It, Yes, they're reading his mind at this point. I'm just going to go with they're reading his mind with all the weird science and technology they seem to have acquired in the village underground. I'm okay with this. Well, it's the red hallway that did it. Oh, yeah. And then the sudden switch to green. Green. I noticed there's a lot of contrast between colors in this episode. Mm. I wonder what it would have been like watching this show on black and white. Like, would you miss so much of what was going on? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this this was this was broadcast as I look at my notes here. This was broadcast on Friday the twentieth twentieth of October nineteen sixty seven and first American broadcast was the twenty ninth of june nineteen sixty eight. So how many people had color TVs back then? Yeah. Yeah, it was still a new thing. Mm-hmm. I mean heck, when I was a kid, uh uh I had a. Uh, I was very lucky. I was able to have a 13-inch television in my room when I was 13. Um, and that was black and white. I, I didn't even have that when I was 13. The only, reason, totally the only reason I had it is um, they, uh, the ship my dad was on, uh, they sold it and they had to get everything off of it. And uh, so I ended up getting that. And uh, uh, no one else in my family was allowed to have, uh, like we had no second TVs, but I got it because uh, I had trouble sleeping. And so anyway, I was watching black and white TV up until high school. <laughs> well, at least it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently, I had a color TV. Because, <laughs> Wait, you just checked? Yeah, because I remember that the first thing we watched in color was Lost in Space. Ah. And Lost in Space ended in 1968. So that would have been around when The Prisoner was broadcast. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if my parents had color then, um, simply because the TV that I had growing up was one of those big pieces of furniture, so it could have been that old. 
I just, I have no idea I wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah, it goes without saying I had to cut the TV myself. And what was great about my, what was great about my TV, I didn't turn on Ariel. And, I t- and where I, where I, uh, where I live, um, I'm living on, in two broadcast areas. So I turn the area one way, I can get one broadcast area. Turn the area the other way, I can get the other one. Oh, nice. Hmm. All for one TV tax. Yes. <laughs> it's not a tax, it's a TV license. License, sorry. <laughs> what? Licenses for TV. Yeah, yeah. Every, every TV you own, you pay a fee. Oh, no, no it's, it's for the house. Oh, but it used to be for every TV, right? Uh, I don't know on that one, but it's, it is for, it's just, you need, just need one license for the house. Oh, okay. I, I love uh, the Monty Python skits with the, they always had the, the vans that would go out and check. And yes. then they did spoof ones for did you have cats or whatever. <laughs> anyway, back to the anyway. <laughs> I was gonna say back to Red Dwarf, but that's my other podcast. <laughs> Jane's used to me de- derailing him. <laughs> it's a lot nutty. <laughs> What'd you get? Um what was I gonna say? Anyway. Um uh, so he uh gets uh, brainwashed. Same uh, and he leaves uh, the he leaves the office saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna be standing. Yeah, you go me." Yeah, you know, gotten used to him being really, you know, dour kind of cynic, and seeing him being all, you know, pep pep is kind of disconcerting. Yeah. Although his version of pep is still many other people's version of grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, more free time. More what? free time. Yeah. What what will you do with your free time? Less work, more play. Yes. Tech Tech was uh hearing me listen to the, the episodes earlier and he's like, Is that guy like the voice of the Dalek? Because without the vocoder, <laughs> like it he's got the same cadence. Does he turn into a gal- Dalek after this? <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. We, we don't talk about that. Yes, yes that would be telling. Uh, we- yeah, we we see him get interviewed on the on the uh, local, the local TV, but there's only one TV station. <laughs> Twenty four hour local television. Yes. Oh, it's riveting. You know, <laughs> looking looking at that at that that box, it literally looks like a box they painted, threw some stickers on it, and stuck a cardboard tube through it. Now that I pause at that moment to stare <laughs> at it, I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Well, if it works, it works. Camera. Don't knock it if it works. Yes. Uh, the, my, my real question here is yeah? they're, they're going through a great deal of effort to brainwash him into uh, going along with this mock election. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he nails it in the beginning that it's all a farce. Mm. But, you know, I mean, why? If they, have, if they have the ability to brainwash him to this extent, why yeah. go through all the trouble I feel like they can they can condition him to do certain things to to act within their guidelines, but they can't condition him enough to get information out of him because he's been trained to resist that sort of thing. And yeah. I feel like the reason why they're doing it this way instead of standard ways is because they know that he's trained to resist uh, normal uh, methods of interrogation. It seems to me that each episode is... They give him a sense of control 
and give him a, a, a chance to strive to escape, to change things, to, to have some sort of control over his life, only to be brought back to, no, we control everything. <laughs> uh, as if that's what they're trying, like that method is what they think will break his spirit to eventually cave. You know, when, when, when he eventually gets to the point where they give him an opportunity of control or escape and he doesn't take it, then they'll know they're get, that they're getting to him. Well, see, that, that raises another question. Every other time he's tried to escape, they've always sent Rover after him. Mm. So uh, eventually it's going to, you know, I mean, is he going to continue trying to escape him? Because they're just going to send Rover after him and he can't get away from Rover. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's why most of the people are still in the village instead of, you know, just running off because, you know, Rover. Mm. Yeah. Well, without saying anything specific, he will continue trying to escape, and the escape attempts will often be very different from what you've seen. Yeah. Oh, thanks a lot, Bob. You ruined it for me. Uh, There's no point. That's it. Podcast done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shane knows this, but uh, when I, I got the episodes, they were in the order that IMDb has them in. So mm. when I went to watch the second episode, I watched an episode you guys haven't seen yet. Damn it, Nutty. I know, I know. And then I realized that there, because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is, how did this happen from one episode to the next? And she's like, uh, did you look at our viewing order? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the correct order, because the way that IMDb has it, it's all cockamamie. Oh, what are the, how do the, mm, mm. They oh, have now the, I got to compare between. I have to compare what IMDb has compared to the way it's done. Da, 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 well, there da, da. there are at least three different viewing orders yeah. that propose. So that that's another big debate in the fandom. And this particular episode is one of the few episodes so far that is in the same order in both viewing orders. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. But anyway, so um, I I've, that... I've seen at least one more escape attempt, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, yeah, don't, were they, don't say I the title. Just, oh, I won't. <laughs> now, now were they were they filmed in a particular order and then aired out of order? Well, or? this was, well, this was filmed uh, as episode two. Hmm. This was supposed so, to be episode two. No, this was filmed as episode two. It was yeah. filmed second, but they yeah, no, thank you, thank oh, you, gotcha, thank you. But it was thank meant you. to be yeah. three. And it didn't yeah. come out to episode three slash four. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, so without without giving without giving any major spoilers away, episode uh, the episode that was filmed six is episode sixteen. Huh. Wow. So, now, now did they? I, I know sometimes they will air shows as they're filming them, but was this done completely done filming before they started airing, or did they? Uh, uh, Air as they were filming. Uh, how, do, how do I word this? Like, uh, a bit of both. Is what I'm going to say. Mm. <laughs> a bit of both, which we'll, we'll which we'll get in, which we'll get into much much later on. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, You're killing me here. So we see uh, number six. Um, programming breakdown and he tries to escape um, he rushes to the boat and he gets attacked by Rover After a, uh, I, fairly I was just glad to have a boat scene finally 
for by the water, we finally have a boat scene. The, yeah. the, the boat scene was really good. It was um, adventurous, and, and he actually had to fight people off him. And, and it, it almost, again, felt like, oh, he's, he's actually escaping. And then the same thing that happened in the helicopter happened. He couldn't steer. And then Rover came. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they took control of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And number two told the other guy on the boat, you know, not to damage him. Yep. Because yeah. he, he could have stopped them at that point, but he, he felt confident enough that Rover would get him that he didn't want to risk anything. Which, you know, and every time we see Rover, that little bubble pops. So I'd like to know how they make Rovers, because there's a, there's a thing at the end of this episode. Uh, I, yeah. We do, we do, well, we do see two other Rovers as well. I was going to say, finally, yeah. there's more than one rover. Yes. And he's, he's dragging him back to shore. Yeah. While he's making political statements. Yes. And it seems like Rover's making sure that his head is above water and, and, and he, he's not being damaged in the return. Yeah, my yeah. impression was he might have been in big trouble if Rover hadn't caught him. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was going to make it back to shore. Yeah. But he was in the middle of water, so. Yeah. I don't know, a strapping man like that, he should be able to swim back to shore. Although, they mention um, when he goes for the test, it says uh, that four years ago he had to cut sugar out of his diet for medical reasons. So I'm like, wait, does that mean he's a diabetic? Does that mean he has not always been physically fit? It just seemed out of place for somebody that seems to be, you know, he was he was a spy, so he obviously needs to live up to certain physical standards. So Well, he might, he might be at high risk. For developing That's diabetes. true. He could be pre-diabetes, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. And then we, uh, he's getting back to shore and taking, putting, him in, putting him to his own bed. And we see the light come down. Yep. Now we know why they placed the bed that way. <sighs> we can read your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's making a political statement on the stone boat. I'm reading off a, reading off an idiot board. Mm-hmm. Well, teleprompters don't exist at this point, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yes, and then we see number two making his own political statements with undertakers behind him. Those were undertakers. I'm assuming they were. Oh, okay. Well, they got they they're in big black suits. They're wearing black top hats. So I can only assume they are undertakers. I generally don't know, but but what's quite interesting... Do undertakers in England still dress like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's snazzy. Yeah. They just I wear ha- suits here. I, I, have a, well, I have a funeral director just down the road from where I live. It's very so, yeah. morbid and creepifying. Mm. What's, what's quite interesting about this scene, one of them is, has got a black badge, mm-hmm. and one of them's got a white badge. Well, along with that, if you notice... One of six is, is six is wearing his usual outfit, khaki pants, black overcoat. But yeah. number two is actually wearing the f- exact opposite. Yeah. His overcoat is I, I noticed that earlier in, in the episode. And I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah, yep, they, they are reversed. The, and yeah, they do that, that with the buttons, too. Yeah. Um, I also kept noticing that uh, six's jacket kept changing. The, What's this? Their uh, production woes. <laughs> Well, yeah. the trim, yeah, the trim on uh, the white trim, it's yeah. broken on the lapels, 
uh, mostly during like up close shots, but then later it's a continuous line. And the only reason I noticed it is like, why is that broken like that? That's just, that looks bad. Why would anyone do that? <laughs> it hurts my, my cheek. <laughs> um, yes. Um, uh, Eric Portman, who played uh, number two, had um, a bit of problem remembering his lines. Did they hold him an idiot card? (laughs) Uh, uh, As local extra Richard Eastwood explains, uh, they had to shoot uh, shoot scenes literally line by line. If they tried to do two scenes together, he would get get through the first okay, and halfway through the second, he would forget it. And it went like this over and over again. And they kept him on production, why? I don't know. He wasn't that old. <laughs> well, it's not like he can just replace the number two and have nobody notice. Mm. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, but, but I think because this was such a production heavy, uh, to put Marion heavy episode, they couldn't really, um, you know, repl- replace number two half of the episode. It, it, the story wouldn't really make much sense. Apparently, he he played very good uh, Germans and Nazis, and most people didn't re- realize he was actually British mm. for his other roles. Which is yeah. interesting. Bit like, it's a bit like Vic out of Orphan Black. And we cut to the bar, and number six wants a drink. Yeah, An alcoholic now, drink. Yeah, now was he... <sighs> I know he was acting like he was drunk, but is that just a... For me, the question, was that just a side effect of him wearing off of the brainwashing? Yeah, I think it was... I think it was just a side effect, because obviously there's no alcohol there. There's no alcohol in the village. He seemed to be, like, seriously jonesing for alcohol, though. Like, Like, was he maybe a heavy drinker before he came to the island and it's just really starting to get to him? Or is it just once he starts to come out of the the brainwashing, he just feels such an urge for freedom that anything that is outside the guidelines he wants to do. Mm. Again, very quick to anger and he's kind of rough with the mm. maid slash driver. Yeah. How I, how I look at it is um, his brainwashing uh, made him want to drink. That was the only mm. way they could actually get, get him to the cave, so I could actually give him some more stuff. So it's so it's controlled, if you know what I mean. I guess, yeah. Yeah, the the driver not being able to speak English gave her a little bit of defense against his yelling at her. Mm. Yeah, also gave him, uh, I don't know, somebody to talk to when he thought he was uh, he could just speak his mind. It's like, oh well, she can't understand me anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were trying for. Yeah. Um, I'm so, uh, I'm I'm a veteran here, but I'm slightly confused about timelines because earlier in this episode it, we it, we were told it's election day. Now we cut to a night scene. <laughs> then, the, then then the next day we these, we see them uh, voting. I'm slightly confused about timelines. Yeah, actually, is this the first time we've seen night scenes? Uh, no. no, we had some um, last episode. Oh, that's right, because he slept on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that the um, the car the cars are actually called I don't think I believe I don't believe I've actually mentioned it. Those cars are actually called mini mokes. Now is that a thing in England? Yeah. 
I did like that the um, the pub they were at was called the Cat and Mouse. Mm-hmm. I, that that just had me laughing so hard. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what they're doing with this whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe the uh, Wales Police Force used them. Really? They, use, yeah. Use mini mugs? Yeah. Oh God. Who <laughs> could just measure the terror? <laughs> Like, who are they tracking down? Old grannies? Because they exactly. can run faster than these. That's worse than a mall no cop idea. on a Segway. No, no idea. That's sad. Yeah. Um, the Mini Mokes um, were based on a hugely popular mini car, and it was developed to meet the British Army de- demand for an air transportable vehicle caught on as a trendy street cruiser. British people are weird. <laughs> yeah, I th- I th- yeah so I, th- I think we are. Yes, I think I think we are. Anyway, um, so he goes into the cave and he's greeted by a very, well, seems to be a very, very drunk number two. Yeah, um, I like how when he's asking for drinks in the bar of uh, 58, 53, something. I'm forgetting her name. Um, But she's like, no, no, I know where you can get get drinks. You need a drink, I can know where you can get drinks. Here's this convenient cave where we have a distillery. Yes. And of course, number two's drinking there. Uh, Yeah. It surprises me every time he eats or drinks something and he trusts it. Yeah. (laughs) I just found a picture and somebody made a Lego mini moog, but they placed it in the village. (laughs) <laughs> nothing wrong with that I'm going to send it to you guys because it's just so awesome but yeah I'm surprised every time he eats or drinks anything because it's like you know there's stuff in there right yeah I mean you think he would you know at least be conscious of the fact that you know they they control everything in the village so they could easily just drug his food whenever they wanted to yeah I don't know that's an awesome uh, picture, Nutty. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, so, he's having a drink, and we find out, in fact, that number two isn't drunk after all, and it's just a drug to get him through the election. Dun, dun, dun. Indeed. And, and if it's too strong, it'll damage the tissue. Yes, indeed. Um, so we cut... So for the following day, and it seems to be a landslide. Um, I, I would like to point out that when oh, he was in the it. in the cave sequence, yeah, um, number two is talking to him, and he's like, you know, the hell with the village. The village is shit. I hate it here. And yeah. you know, there's there, there's a brief moment where he's. It looks like number six is considering. You know, is this like is this guy a kindred spirit just caught up in things like I am? Mm-hmm. I love how messy number two's hair is. Yeah. He's got a blanket on him. He's obviously drunk. Yes, indeed. Everybody knows when you go for a good hard drink, you bring your blankie. Yeah, indeed. 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 So as I said, we cut to um, the election, and it's a complete landslide. Uh-huh. Of course it is. And everyone's surprised, right? No, no, nobody's surprised. No. Yeah, but then they show how. Oh yeah, we're completely democratic. Oh, looks like it was a landslide for me. Well, 
I cast my vote and it's much more important than everyone else's. So here you go. You're now number two. <laughs> yeah, but do you notice that after they announce, uh, when they come out, it's like, oh, number six is the number two. Everybody just stops. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's been, so he's been, so uh, on a very, very silent crowd, he's uh, been uh, taken through the village to uh, the Green Dome, number two's residence. And we see a uh, we we see a well a stretcher car outside, which will become very very important in due course. Yes. So he's taken up to the office, and he is now number two. No. Except he's not. In number only. Yeah. Yes. I like how I like how he's like, oh well, you know, you got the job now. Just press some buttons, you'll be fine. Yes. And yeah, and he is being. Um, brainwashed again by the light and by what all those dots on the main screen. The the swirling dots I think were like yeah. the first thing that made me think, okay, maybe that could hypnotize. Yeah. So and he's being swept around by his maid. Well, I like how they're uh he's trying to figure out the buttons and they're just pressing all the buttons, just the chairs are coming up. And again, you know it's the future because bubble chair. Yeah. yeah, I I just got to that scene. I was like, "Yeah, that's totally what I would do if I suddenly was in that room. I would push all the buttons." Yeah, yeah. I would just push them all. Well, and the other thing is, the, these are these are not buttons like we see now in modern shows, where it's just you know it's a button and there's no satisfaction. These have actual click, and 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 they give you the satisfaction of pressing them, even if they don't work. Um, I went to, I was at the Cradle of Aviation Museum last year. And they had all of the panels from various, um, uh, um, you know, space shuttles and and the lunar module. They actually have one of the modules there and everything. And, you know, kids got to play with all the knobs and the buttons. And the older ones that had like that definite click, I stood there for like 10 minutes just pressing and clicking every button. They did nothing, but it felt so good to click them. (laughs) Something cathartic about it. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he is telling everyone they they are free to go, free to go, and no one's moving. I have control. Yep, and nobody's moving. <laughs> They're completely ignoring what's what's coming out the loudspeaker. <laughs> now, uh, right after that sequence, I was yeah. thinking: is is the village? Are there any other prisoners in the village? I mean. Is, could this just be, you know, one giant setup to get what's in his head? Hmm. Well, we've seen a few other prisoners, but they don't stay very long, and they're people that he knows. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's that's very interesting. Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is the first episode that we've seen that like, all the characters are numbers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Rover doesn't have a number. <laughs> He's number zero. Well, that's true. He that's is true. a zero. Well. <laughs> Yeah, rewatching it was really weird to see characters with names. Hmm. Also, I thought that in, that in that final scene, it was about time that one of the maids started slapping him around the way he's been treating them. <laughs> that was awesome. I actually felt really good watching her smack him around. Yeah. And she slaps the crap out of him. She really yep. does. Yeah. Like, I have had to put up with your bull donkey uh, yes. <laughs> for... 
a week now. Uh, you are going to just get slapped until I feel better. Yeah. Indeed. And then uh, number, well, number six. We're going to keep calling him number six. Um, is pressing random buttons. And we see two big security guys coming up from the floor. With black numbers. Oh, yeah, indeed. With black numbers. And number six tries to escape. And he goes into yeah, a cave. so well for him. Yeah. He goes into a cave with people watching Rover. With sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. Like welding goggles. Yes. I haven't got a clue what this is, is what it, this is meant to represent. If anybody wants to email us, I will give the email details later on. Please, you'll be more than welcome. I have seen give this us a maybe, maybe yeah, I've seen this maybe thirty to forty times, and I still don't know. I know it's I know it's an excuse for number six to get beaten up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, but what the hell are they doing? Either they worship Rover. Or they're forced to watch Rover to understand, yeah, he's all-powerful and he can do whatever he wants to. Yes. Or Rover is so magnificent that they need the welding goggles to protect themselves from just his image. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly, possibly, possibly. But, yeah. So, please, email us. Put something on the Facebook Facebook page. Please, someone, I'm begging you. <laughs> and we'll give you all the details later on. Um, but he gets uh, beaten up. And also, he's, he, come, he goes, comes in and out the same door. So, did the room move? Oh, I, I knew exactly that the room was going to be different once he went through the, the same door. Yeah, but did, did the room move? I mean... Yeah, it's like the cube, man. Everything moves in the village. <laughs> Shut up with that cube shit. <laughs> cube is awesome. Shut up. <laughs> Great movie. It certainly is. It's certainly is that. I haven't, I've only watched the first three, but that's something completely different. Um, and he is attacked. Walk back into the control room. And we see, in fact, the new number two is, in fact, his maid. Speaking in perfect English. Yes. Now, that, that, that raises another question I had. Um... Could she have been number two the whole time? I, I, it's probably possible that she could have been number two the whole time. I mean, possibly. How, how I look at it is obviously number two, number twos are working alongside, mm. and the, the male number two is only there for the assignment before he moves off. So, and that because of course that's talking quite cordial on the phone at the end. So, I'm learning to trust the scarf more than the the button of number two. Okay. <laughs> like, like the after this episode, I'm like, okay. Apparently, the badge means nothing, but the scarf, the scarf means you're number two. And the umbrella. Yeah. Weird, weird umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> and then we are at the end of the episode. This episode was written by one. Um, as I look at my notes, I've completely lost the pen name here. The, the, the episode was written by Paddy Fritz, who was actually, in fact, Patrick McGowan. Oh. Yeah, I know he directed it. He, he, yeah, he wrote it and directed it. Interesting. In fact, actually, when it went, he actually uh, didn't direct it all, actually. Um. Don Chafferty actually directed um, all the location stuff. 
and McGowan uh, directed all the interiors. Interesting. Yeah, so, what, and, what, go ahead, Bob, sorry. One of the things about this series is that McGowan demanded an awful lot of creative control. Yeah. So, you know, it really is one person's vision. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And that's not uh, very common for that time. No. No. So, yeah. Uh, he got the name, actually, Paddy Fritz, from the maiden name of his mother, Rose Fitzpatrick. Nice. Obviously uh, not putting Fitzpatrick uh, on, on, a, on a British TV show for the timing and sensibilities. <laughs> So, um, any any other points, notes, anything else? No. Um, well, at the end, the new number two. Uh, says number like, two, uh, yeah. Yeah, says something like, in my regards to the homeland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which makes you think that they are dealing with a, a, a country. Right. And it, it kind of blows my theory out of the out of the water because like i thought this was like one big secret society new world order uh skull and bones i don't know what you want to call it you know something like that that you know behind the scenes controlling everything puppet masters group but this suggests that they have an actual country's allegiance uh anything else um let's see uh i had it here somewhere i did really like um you guys don't do quotes on the show, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. So I really liked uh, during the speeches when number six said, six of one, half a, half a dozen of the other. Not here. It's six for two and two for nothing. And six for three for all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. And, and one thing we mentioned last time is that we've now had our second female number two. Yeah. Which was also quite unusual for this time frame on TV. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah. and in this case, you actually see the female number two depose the male number two. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but um, I think we I think we're finished on the episode discussion. So we'll be right back after the sad for the lovely great podcast. They're here, aren't they? Mr. Mulder, they've been here for a long, long time. If you're an X-Files fan, please tune in to the X-Files Truth podcast at xfilestruth.com. Look us up on Facebook, X-Files Truth Podcast. And find us on iTunes. Just search for XFT and scroll down to podcasts. Email the show at xfilestruth at live.com. You think this is about Mulder? It's about the truth, John. What truth? You got it all right in front of you. It's all in the X-Files. Welcome back. Hope that everyone enjoyed that. I'd please check them out. So, first of all, our feedback. Our inbox is full this our inbox is quite full this week actually. Yay. It's a first. So first of all, actually, I'm actually gonna uh go for um uh, a Facebook message. I, I hopefully he doesn't mind me reading this out on the podcast. But um Robin Bird just started watching um, The Prisoner. 
Have have fun with it, Robin. <laughs> I, think, I think Robin will really be into this, though. Like, I think this is the kind of show that's right up his alley. Robin writes, I enjoyed the pilot, but was frustrated immensely from number six's situation. I would have destroyed everything while in total I saw the brainwashing room. I'm glad there's only 17 episodes, because I wonder how they could have sustained this over many seasons. <clears throat> Lost? <laughs> I'm praying there will be a definite ending. I'm guessing he's dead. Oh, if this turns out to be a giant afterlife thing, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's his uh, thoughts on the first episode. Going to our, uh, going to our emails... First of all, we have one from uh, our, uh, Harold. And Harold writes, I thought this, was, uh, this episode was by far the best of the three episodes we've seen so far. I especially enjoy, enjoyed the absurdity and surrealness of Six running around to become number two on an anti-village, but not so much, platform. I'm not sure what the plan was for Six, whether it was trying to co-opt him into the village or to see how he would react, or to mess with his head. I am less interested in guessing answers to these questions than I am just enjoying the ride. In some ways, Six's campaign was precedent, since nowadays we have so many grassroots campaigns that are actually founded and organised by people who want the opposite of whatever campaign they allegedly stand for. I give this eight... 8 of 10 special editions of the Tally Ho, Harold. Well, thanks very much, Harold, for that. And we also got feedback from Dan Wilson. And Dan writes quite a long one. And he writes, The prisoner is so far... The prisoner so far is ambiguous as to whether the Cold War era intelligence service runs the village for the West, the East, or other. My reason of this ambiguity is that the prisoner is a critique of Western society, but not the object of but the object of critique is not necessarily limited to Western society only. My reasoning is that if Patrick McGuin's principal aim was to critique the East, then he would no, have no need for ambiguity. Likewise, I see the episode as a caricature of Western democracy. In your last podcast, Bob pointed out the line, we are, dem- we are democratic in some ways, was too blatant for his taste. I agree, and felt some ways about this episode only more so, to the extent that McGowan was making satire and not just entertainment. I think he undermines under- this point when number two drugs number six. Many of us can identify with the elections as being as farce, but mechanisms for keeping the range of acceptable electoral, electoral politics narrowly confined usually involves propaganda and money, not fierce physical coercion. So that element may make it harder for Western audience, for Western audiences to see their own society reflected here. So to be so serious, but satire can be, can be a serious business. Be seeing you, Dan. And, um, Bob, have you got the Facebook feedback up? Um, I can get it. While you're getting the Facebook feedback, I yep. I was just thinking in my head, I was like, I wonder if there's a number seven 
you know, because why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. And I did a little uh, Google, uh, and apparently there's no number seven ever. There's mm. no sevens at all. Um, in the sport, in the spoiler group, we have a listing of every number. Mm. Okay. According yeah. to this Easter egg archive, it says there's no seven. And uh, when you look at the thing where it's got all the numbers listed, instead yep. of 17, it has 98 as in nine plus eight. Okay. Uh, this is from Sergeant Drano on Free For All. Free For All has the distinction of being the very first episode of The Prisoner that I ever saw. Late at night on PBS with my dad in the late 80s. It really hooked me into the show. I think that this is an excellent episode on a lot of different levels. Stuff that made an impression on me. First appearance of a cool musical theme I dubbed the spy theme, heard while number six is trying to escape on the speedboat. Two, odd numbering system in this episode, with a reporter number 113 and his photographer number 113B. And is that a clone or twin or what that we see moments later? The Taylor's dummies also have letters after their numbers. Number 2B, 2C, etc. 3. Number 6 has walked down the weird tunnel from the town hall to the labor exchange where he gets geometric shapes inserted in his head. Disturbing scene. Never thought I'd find geometry threatening, but there you go. 4. I think this is the most detailed rover sequence we have, with rover coming out from under the village and emerging offshore to stop number 6. And what do the noobs make of the rover cave number six ends up in, in the end? What's the deal with that? Also, do you think we are meant to believe number six went through a different door to get to that cave? Because if you watch carefully, I'm pretty sure he goes out the same door everyone uses to enter and exit number two's office. Five. Speaking of rover, how about those two little balls that rover spawns to somehow tow number six back to shore? Pretty cool, huh? Six, I don't think this is particularly a spoiler, but in these early episodes, it seems like the outfits of the various number twos vary quite a bit, whereas later, it seems like most of them copy Guy Dolman's outfit. Also, slightly off topic, I've always thought it was interesting how the second number two in Arrival is dressed identically to number six, and I wonder if he did this specifically to piss number six off, since number six probably just picked those clothes out at the hospital for the first time, only to go straight to the Green Dome and find number two wearing the same outfit. Seven. So was number six really number two for a brief period? If he hadn't gotten on the speakers and started yelling, this is our chance, I will immobilize all external controls, would he have been allowed to stay in office? Or was the whole thing just a big game to break his spirit? I think the whole thing was just a big game to break his spirit. How about the secret cave where you can get real alcohol and the stuff that number two said to number six before the drugs kick in? Was there any truth to number two's words or was it all just a put on? Nine. Nice demo of how the push button map works this episode. Ten. The mantra number six keeps, keeps repeating stuck with me. Vote for me. I'm for you. Let me be. Never let me go. I wonder if there was more to it that we heard that we didn't hear. Well, that's all I can think of for now. If I think of something else, might add it later. Looking forward to the podcast. Thank you, Sergeant. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. And of course, you can always email us at uh, the as I 
forget the email address at the moment. Uh, Prisonerintrocast at gmail.com. We'll figure it out eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also join uh, our Facebook uh, page, facebook.com forward slash prisonerintrocast. And just before we move on, actually, I've literally, uh, while um, Bob was reading that feedback, I've actually just found online a old uh, a forum from Merthyr Tidfil in Wales, and I'll just quote this. This is going back to the uh, police mini mocks that was um, that were used um, early uh, early on, um, and it's quote. Chief Constable T.K. Griffiths decided to get rid of the motorcycles after PC Anguish Gwyn was knocked off one. He decided that four wheels were safer than two in order to be kept in touch with the public. We introduced the minimokes. We, I think we had eight. Okay in the summer, but in the, wi- in the wet winters, it was a different matter. I've, I've been to Martha Tidville, and my, my impression at the time was that it sounded like it belonged in Middle Earth. Yes. So, uh, well, thanks for that feedback, as always. Um, but moving on to ratings. And we're going to break tradition with this one. Uh, uh, for the past two episodes, Aaron, you've gone first. We're going to break with tradition. And Nutty, what do you rate this? Um, I actually thought that this was my least favorite of the episodes I've seen so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it as much as some of the others. So I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a, a six and a half out of ten scarves. Number two scarves. We don't do halves. I do halves. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can go next. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm actually kind of in agreement with Nutty. I wasn't a huge fan of this episode. I okay. kind of felt, I kind of felt it for the most part, the episode seemed kind of to bounce around and they, weren't quite sure what they wanted to do. I mean, if I, I guess if I read into it, there's probably a ton going on underneath the surface, back and forth, continuing this chess match. But uh, I'm going to give it six rovers. Okay. John? Um, I thought this episode was interesting. Uh, I raised a lot of questions about the uh, inner workings of the village, at least for me anyway. Um, again, it's, it's not as strong as the first episode or second episode. Okay. So I'm going to give it five bicycles out of ham sandwich. Okay. Uh, Bob? Um, I really like this, but I, I always like when they're doing things like democratic elections or, you know, things that look normal on the outside, but are really sinister and weird inside the village. And as I said before, I like when the number twos are able to be successful in getting him to cooperate to any extent, because I think that really furthers what they're trying to accomplish. And some do and some don't. Some, you know, try to take more direct methods of extracting information and fail. Uh, I thought this was one of the more successful number twos in that regard. Um, I'll give it eight out of ten ridiculously huge sized phones. Okay, and it's false to me. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, there's only one episode that would actually rate higher than this, uh, which we'll get to in the, in, in the couple of months. But, um, so I'm going to have to give this nine and a half polling stations. You would. Um, yes, I would, you're right. 
<laughs> You're right, I would. And there's election season over here at the moment as well, so great. Um, so uh, I'm going int- to start introducing a new segment now, because we've seen quite a few number two so far. So, who, what, so I'm going to ask the newbies, who has, who has been your favourite number two so far? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'd still have to go with the number two from Dance of the Dead. She she was really insidious. Yeah, I'm in agreement there right now. It's probably my favorite number two right now. And Nutty, I know you've seen uh, one episode and the rest uh, rest of our newbies, but what do you what would you say? Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I I think uh, the female number two is my favorite. She was she was fun. I liked her. Cool. She, really, she, yeah. she had this kind of presence that every time you were, she was on screen, like you were watching her. Because a lot of times when I watch TV, like I get distracted and I'm doing other things and whatnot. But whenever she was on the screen, I was watching. Very engaged. Excellent. 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 Well, we're going to go to uh, what we're going to be reviewing next week. And our episode next week is Checkmate. So I'm assuming chess. Yeah, that is my assumption. Oh, oh, does that mean we're going to get that old guy again who only plays chess? Oh, the, the captain. Uh-huh. Yes, the captain. Mm-hmm. It's the captain's revenge. <gasps> that sounds like fun. I would like to see an episode at some point, probably not soon, but later, where yeah. uh, number six isn't the one striving for freedom, but he's watching somebody do essentially what he normally does. And and is viewing it from an outsider. That would be a fun episode. But I don't think that's what the next episode is. I just thought that would be cool. Okay. Uh, any other th- any other predictions? If it doesn't include another chess match, I will be upset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better chess match than the first one. Cool. And we'll be recording that particular episode on Sunday the 21st of December, just just before Christmas. So, uh, we finally get our Christmas episode. (laughs) (laughs) We can, we can do a Christmas episode if you wish. Yeah, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, before we go, always want to give a big shout out to the band. Do not forsake me. Oh, my darling, who, uh, who did our, uh, theme music for us. And as always, you can find their music at do not forsake.com. Shane, you're going to have to send me links to, to videos I'm allowed to watch as I watch the episodes because you told me I'm not allowed to watch it. There are other videos. Yeah. They, the um, video is for the theme song, by the way, is fantastic and everyone has to watch it. Yes. Yeah, it certainly is. It's, it is amazing. Um, but, uh, Bob, do you want to tell everybody what your other podcasts are? Sure. Um, I do Clone Dance Party, which is an intro cast for the BBC America series Orphan Black. And um, I also do a wrestling podcast called the NXT Rundown. Cool. I've just watched, just started watching Orphan Black this past week. Amazing series. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. I'll be watching another one as soon as I finish recording this show. It, it really is. Nobody watches it, but it's a great show. It's, yeah, it's it's astounding. Um, I'm a newbie listener for both 
the prisoner and the clone dance party and i started watching them about the same time and unlike some other intro casts where i started watching the episodes i'm like yeah okay we'll see when this picks up both of those series seem to hit the ground running for me and i'm hooked absolutely hooked cool brilliant uh my other podcasts are uh the red wolf intro cast well uh, we've done everything now of concerning red wolf uh We've got one more show to go, recording on the 20th of December. And it's just going to be a final episode to uh, wrap up. We've also got the um, uh, Oh No You Didn't podcast. I haven't put any episodes out for a while, but there are a few in the can. I just need to get around to editing them and put them out. And Is Beer Bad one of those episodes? Yes. Yes. It's like the first episode you recorded. Yes. <laughs> There are two, there are uh, two episodes in the in the can that need to be uh, just waiting on my hard drive to uh, to uh, to be edited. But it's an election season, so <laughs> help! I have much free time at the moment. How many <laughs> times? Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how many times a year is it election season? Uh, every other year. It feels like you've had three election seasons this year. Um. So I think we're uh, I think we're finished. So uh, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Be seeing you. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.